Welcome to the Medic Church Podcast. Today we're going to be concluding our emotion series. Today's sermon is called Feeling Loss and Sadness, Question Mark, Experience Joy Again. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast starting right now. Y'all ready to dive into this today? We are going to continue, actually we're going to be concluding our emotion series today. And today's sermon is titled, Feeling Lost in Sadness, Question Mark. But experience again. How many in here has, has the feeling being lost in sadness? Has that sadness built up? Me? Anybody ever been sad about something? Anybody? 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 Me too. But what if I can tell you you can experience joy again? Be cool, wouldn't it? Who likes to be joyful? Who likes to be excited? Who likes to have fun? Me too. I like to have fun. I love to have fun. Anybody, again, that knows me for a matter of time knows that I enjoy having fun. And I like to cut up and goof off, and I like to, to just to be an overall rounded, pretty cool guy. I'm rounded in more than one way. <laughs> you see what I did there? Anyway. But sometimes we get our emotions get the best of us, right? There's a lot of sadness that takes place. There's sadness in death. There's sadness when we lose that special family member or a co-worker or that best friend that we have. It's sad. But I tell you, we can have joy again. And there's a lot of sadness. We lose a job. We get sad and upset about that, right? Some cases it's a good thing that we lost a job. But at that moment, it's upsetting. It's sad. It's heartbreaking. Man, I lost my job. What am I going to do? Oh, this ain't good. Be sad. Man, I, 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 I don't know where my next paycheck's going from, from now. I'm worried. Now I'm getting upset. <laughs> then our, sad, our, our, our emotion of hurtness turns into sadness. But I got some good news. I got a pocket full of sunshine. You see what I did here? Hey, I got a cool membership class invite today. Thank you. We'll see you in a little bit. But, but uh, the pocket full of joy. I got a pocket full of joy I'm going to share with you today. I got something very cool that I'm going to share. I'm going to bring you some joy today. I'm going to bring you where you can come out of your sadness. Hey, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be hurting. It's okay, especially if you're dealing with something. It's okay to do that, but I can bring you joy today. And I'm going to tell you how. Did you know that Jesus himself experienced sadness? He experienced joy too. Jesus seen a lot of good things. Last week, we seen how we could flip some tables over. He got angry. He was upset. But he flipped some tables. Now, we flipped the table last week. I about broke my camera. I went back and watched it. Then, Then we had somebody new last week and... I realized after the fact that they were sitting behind the camera and I was like, oh snap, please come back. No, you're, they're great. We love them so much and so glad. But, but, but we learned how Jesus got angry, but he didn't get mad at, or he didn't get flip on the people, but he flipped the tables. He flipped the situation, but not the people. But today we're going to see how Jesus was full of joy. Jesus had all this joy. He was exciting. But we also see where he was, had a lot of sadness. As well. See, Jesus went out and he was so joyful when he seen people. But there's often times that we see where he occasionally cried as well. 
Jesus wept. See, but what made Jesus sad? What made Jesus upset? What made him get into this sadness? Y'all know what made Jesus sad? <laughs> Anybody know? We're going to find out. But you know what? When Jesus got sad, there was also joy that come involved with it too. So let's look at Luke 19. Here we see that Jesus was traveling to Jerusalem. And we're going to look at verse 41. But as he came closer to Jerusalem, he saw the city ahead and he began to weep. Now, Jesus here. I need to put that on the dumpster. I keep getting y'all submissions. Thank y'all. I love y'all so much. <laughs> um, but why did Jesus get upset? Why was Jesus sad? I mean, he, he sees the city in the distance. He sees them. I look out. I can see Pilot Mountain. Get my geographic locations located right. I can see Pilot Mountain in the distance. And I got sad. It's what Jesus said. I can see the city ahead. But he got sad and he weeped. He weeped. Why? The Son of Man. Jesus is coming. He's coming to the city. Man, that's got to be awesome. You think about it. If I knew Jesus was popping up here in Pilot Mountain right now, <laughs> this city would be going nuts. This city would be going crazy. It's 2021, so you know you're going to have people from all over the world be coming up. Jesus coming to Pilot Mountain. They're going to be rocking it out. We're going to be, whoo, Jesus is coming. Then you're going to have all the protesters on the other side saying, uh-uh, he can't come to my city. Y'all get that next week. But see, Jesus was bringing life to these people. How could Jesus be upset? He, he was coming to this city. He was coming into Jerusalem. He was going to be bringing life back to them. He was going to be giving life abundantly back to them. So why was he upset? See, because, I mean, look, look at this. Because he was proclaiming good news for the poor. Hey, you may be weak and you may be, or he was giving, uh, uh, let me back up. Sorry, I'm getting too far ahead of myself. He was proclaiming good news to the poor. Hey, you don't have much, but through me you have everything. He gave sight back to the blind. And he set prisoners free. So how is this upsetting to Jesus? How could anybody be upset about Jesus being able to do these miracles? See, I want you guys to look at this. He didn't come for the righteous people. Did y'all hear me? Jesus didn't come for the righteous people. Man, Jesus, I mean, Jesus loved the righteous people, but that ain't why he was coming to the city. He was there to get the sinners. He was there to reach out to the sinners. He didn't come for the healthy people. You guys that run 20 miles on the treadmill, shame on you, I'm trying to get there. But, uh, but he, he wasn't coming after them healthy folks. He was coming after the sick, the blind, the weak, the broken. See, he came to show the love of the Father. Woo, Jesus, take the win. See, Jesus came to show the love to his Father. That sounds like, I'm pretty sure that sounds just what we do here at Medic Church. Let me break something down for you. I want to have a church. I'm going to show you, I'm going to tell you guys our vision. My vision for Medic Church, when we started Medic Church, my vision was to have a church where everyone belongs. Where everyone can come together, regardless of your background, can be welcomed through our doors and can be here and can be part of this church. You didn't have to look a certain way. You didn't have to wear a certain name brand clothes. You didn't have to, work to drive a fancy car. You didn't have to have money. You can be whatever and you're welcome here. That's my vision for the church. And our, our, our goal and our mission 
is to reach the community and show them the same love that God shows us. And that's exactly what Jesus was doing here to Jerusalem. He was showing them the same love that the Father shows them. And that's exactly what we do here at Medic Church. We're going to show people that we love them just like God showed us. See, Jesus looked over Jerusalem. And he saw this place was a wreck. <laughs> Y'all ever hear people talk about, hey man, I'm going to go to such and such city. And the person replies, uh, you don't go to that town. <laughs> you don't go to that city. That's a bad, uh, let me tell you what they do over there. Anybody ever had that happen? Hey, I'm going to go visit such and such town or city. Hey man, listen, <laughs> that town and city you talking about? This street, this street, this part of town. Uh, they got a really good place to eat in there. But, but don't, don't go to that side of town. Those people there, they crazy. They'll eat, they eat their newborns alive. They crazy, crazy like that. <laughs> but see, what Jesus saw there in Jerusalem made him cry. It, may, it, it, may, it hurt him so bad he began to cry. We see in Matthew 23 and 37, Old Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city, killed the prophets. And stone God's, uh, stone God's messengers. How often have I wanted to gather your children together as a hen protecting his chicks beneath his wings? But you wouldn't let me. Are y'all sure this ain't 2021? Because this sure does sound like a lot like 2021 to me. Y'all read that right there? Anybody see that? Go back a verse or back a screen. Go back a screen for me. The city that killed the prophets and stoned God's messengers. He weeped because they killed the prophets and were stolen the messengers. 2021, we're killing unborn babies for what reason? No, and it's, it's, I cannot, y'all, I gotta tell you, I gotta stay off the news, but, but, but they just passed these certain laws and I, I, I think it was New York when I was reading, I could, it made me so sick to my stomach that I seen this, that they will take a baby, a full term baby, and they will ex- uh, execute it there. They will allow late term abortions. And people are celebrating this. They're, and this is exactly what they were doing here. They were killing the prophets. Now, they don't say babies here, they don't say kids, but it's the same difference in my opinion. They were killing off the prophets, and they were stoning the messengers. Y'all imagine with me. They're doing everything in their power to silence the church. We learned that last week. We learned that, that they're in this cancel culture movement, and they're doing everything they can to cancel out anything that they don't like. People don't like to hear about Jesus. Man, y'all read the Bible. There's some dark stuff in there. They did some cray-cray stuff. But listen, for me in my house, we're going to serve God. For me in this church, we're going to serve God. If they try to come in here and stone me and try to silence me, I'm going to take my last breath doing it because I'm going to preach the gospel. But Jesus seen this, and he was hurting. And he tells them, later on in the next screen here, he says, I've tried. I have tried and tried to tell you. I've tried to protect you. I've tried to do this, but you refuse to let me do this. You wouldn't let me in. 
Our nation right now needs prayer more than ever because they won't allow God back in. For some reason, over the course, people didn't like something that happened. Well, God didn't do this for my family members, so now I'm angry. Instead of taking it to God and taking it to Him, they got this sadness built up within them. I must be doing something good because people keep dropping off my Facebook. <laughs> but, but, but people have refused to let God back in to our nation. And we wonder why we look around and we see so much going on and why the church is in the predicaments in because we sat so long back on the back corner, back on the bleach. Oh, somebody else will do it. It's now or never. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to take my last breath serving God. So what made him sad? He wanted to love these people. He wanted to care for them. He wanted to protect them. He wanted to heal the sick. He wanted to be there with them, but they wouldn't let him in. I'm going to tell you guys something pretty cool. <laughs> My name is Michael Williamson. I'm the lead pastor here at Medic Church, and I serve as our lead pastor here. Why am I telling you this? Most of you know this. Our online campus, if you're watching this for the first time or the hundredth time or replay later on, I'm the lead pastor here. And I, I, I'm going to share some things with you guys that you may not know <laughs> about your pastor. So your pastor has been in church ministry for a very, 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 very long time. And I have had ups, I've had downs, I've had side to sides, I've had good parts of ministry, I've had bad parts of ministry, I've had friends, I've had friends betray me, I've had friends stab me in the back, I've had uh, people that gave me some encouragement, I've had people to put me down, I've had a lot of things that have taken place, of course, of my ministry. Church people. And unchurched people have done these things to me. In our darkest moments of our ministry, in our darkest moments, and why I use the word dark, maybe I shouldn't use the word dark, the most challenging moments of our ministry that we were in, we thought we had everything lined up. We thought we were set to where we're going, and God said, uh-uh, we're going to shake things up, and we're going to show you just how far I'm going to use you. When I felt comfortable, God said, I'm going to make you feel more uncomfortable. He said, I'm going to let you start a church in Pilot Mountain, North Carolina. <laughs> and here we are, over a year later, and we're still doing God's work. But, but there were times in the process of Medic Church that I was sad. That I, that I sat in a corner and I screamed and I yelled and, and I cried out to God, God, where are you? How did you want me to do this? How did you call me into ministry? And all of a sudden, we had to shut the doors because of COVID. God, why did you allow this to happen? God, this doesn't make sense. But you know what? We embraced it. God touched. God provided. God helped us through every situation. Why am I sharing this with you? Because some of you may have been in some similar predicaments where people have hurt you and you've been saddened by some of the experiences that you've had in life. Maybe this walk of life hasn't been necessary the way it should have been. But I'm going to tell you that, that God has been with you. And you, if I can overcome it, and my testimony and, and the walk that I've had, if I've always been in church, for the most part, yes. There was a season in my life that we didn't go to church for almost a year and a half. That was the roughest part of my life. That was the roughest part of my, of my walk and, and my spiritual life because I was in a lot of dark things. But God provided and God overcome. God, allow me to come out of these things. And I want to show you guys something. When Jesus hurts, 
Or Jesus hurt when someone is far from him. See, when I was far from God, in that season in my life where I was far away from God, it hurt him. It hurt him to his core. But thankfully, I found my way back. And I know that you can find your way back to God. See, there's three ways you can you can express joy with Jesus. There's three ways here. Number one, you got to take one step towards your father. You got to take one step. Number two, you got to enjoy a relationship instead of just following rules. And number three, you got to bring somebody with you. So we're going to break this down a little bit further. So number one, take one step towards the Father. Take that step. Step out today. In Luke uh, chapter 15, Jesus tells an emotional story here to help people know the depth of the Father's love. Or a father's love. Not his father, but a father's love here. And I'm going to kind of give you a, a, a summary of what I'm talking about here. See, there's a, there was a father that had two sons in here in Luke 15. And it says that the youngest one, he tried to follow all the rules. Anybody got any family members, brothers, sisters? That that one, they always followed all the rules. Well, mama said this. They got to do it just like this. And then you had the one that was rule breaker. <laughs> Yeah, that was me. <laughs> my brother always followed the rules. I was always trying to push my limits, see how much I can get away with. <laughs> but see, uh, the one that one had followed the rules to a T, and the other one tried to do his own thing. See, the one that tried to, to do his own thing, he insulted his father beyond belief. Now, I'm going to tell you, other when my daddy ain't here and I pick on him, <laughs> I never looked at my dad and insulted him. You know why? Because I'd been on the floor. <laughs> we need a generation that'll stand up to their kids and quit trying to be their best friend and be their parents. Now, I ain't telling you to punch your kids, but they smart off to you. Now, Tommy, you need to sit down. You need to sit down. That's, you shouldn't talk to your mommy like that, Tommy. The heck with that. <laughs> if I'd yell at mama, I'd yell at my mama one time. It was self correct I never done it again. Mama! Oh! I was on the floor. <laughs> and we wonder why our generation's in the mess it's in. Y'all need to start being parents. I'm not saying y'all ain't, y'all, 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 I'm just saying in general. Somebody may listen to this and need to know that you need to. But he insulted his father. You need to give me my inheritance right now. I tell, I tell my kids all the time, I said, please, for the love of God, talk to me like that. <laughs> I want you to. Please do it. <laughs> you want to meet him? I'm about to show you where to go. <laughs> Yell at me. Please do. Nah, my kids are great. I love my kids. I'm not mean to them. Just ask them. But see, our culture, they're rude. They're hateful. They're deceitful. They're out to do what? Do what's best for them. How can I make you look bad so I can get ahead? How do I get that promotion in my job? I gotta make you look bad so I can get ahead. That's what this generation is all about. And this is a particular scripture here. That's what it was. Give me my inheritance right now. I want it right now. Give me my blessing without that relationship. I want it right now. But I mean, I'm hateful, I'm rude, and, and I'm gonna tell you what I think. He was arguing. Arguing. Tell my kids, I'm like, I don't know who you think you're talking to, but you're going to talk to me like I go sit down in the corner. 
Because you ain't going to argue with me. In my house, we are parents, they're kids. Now, we're not mean to our kids. We don't beat our kids. We don't lock them in closets. But, but they know who their leaders are in their house. They know who their parents are because we're very stern. And we don't, you ain't going to argue with me. You're, you're nine and six. <laughs> I had to think. One's birthday's coming up. Nine and six year olds. You ain't sit here and argue with you. Go sit down. Uh uh-uh. uh. We ain't doing that. You get teenagers, I ain't arguing with you either. Get 18, you get out of my house, then, then you can argue with me. And then still, I ain't gonna listen to it. <laughs> but see, this, this, this son here felt like he was entitled to what the father had. He felt like he was entitled to it. Give it to me now. He was rude about it, and he constantly insulted him. He got to insulting him so bad, it tells us in the scripture that he tells his father, Dad, I wish you were dead. Now, <laughs> Anybody ever been so mad at their parents you told them that? <laughs> I wish you'd die. Anybody? I ain't. I've always slammed doors and then they come in there and they whoop my butt. But, <laughs> but I never said that to my parents. But this kid here, I wish you were dead. He goes off. Goes off the deep end here. He decides that, you know what? I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to go party. I'm going to go spend time with my friends. I'm going to stay up late. I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm going to be with whoever I want. See, what happened was, that was fun for a little while. That was fun. Stuff's exciting. Let me tell you, I got something. Sin's fun. Oh, when you go out here, we can have fun. We we done this thing one time. I told you guys I was in ministry for a long time. We had a a toad up here. Again, just be mindful with me. It's it's. Kids ministry, it's clowns. It said N-I-S on it. Skit was, man, it looks nice. And in the tote, there was a lot of nice things in there. So my character would get in the tote. Get in there and I'd be taking these things out and I'd be like, ooh, these are nice. And kids, again, these were, these were for kids and, and it was different things and, and, but, but what happened is, is, is going later on in the skit, I become stuck in the tote. I was stuck in the tote. And the other character come out and, and they come around and they said, NIS, that's, that's nice. And they go around the backside of the tote and they said, uh-uh, wait a minute. And they spun the thing around and it spells sin on the other side. See, what happens is the stuff looks fun. The stuff looks good. We get in there. We're partying hard. We're hanging out with our friends. We're doing great things. We're having an awesome time. Getting lit. And then we realize the mess we're in and now we're stuck. We're stuck in that sin. And the only way to get out of it is to go to God. See, this the fun lasts for uh, uh, for a while till it wasn't fun. When I realized I was stuck in the tote and I couldn't get out, I realized it wasn't fun anymore. I realized those things, the temporary things, were they felt good. They felt good in that moment, but now I'm stuck. If I held one of you guys down and I held you and you couldn't get out, it's going to be fun for a few seconds, right? And then you're going to start freaking out. And he's going to be wanting to get out and until it's not fun anymore. Hey, now it's not fun. And now you got that bear hold on me. Now it's not, you got to let me go. It's not fun anymore. Hey, let me go. Let me go. And that's what happens with sin. It's fun for a while until it's not. 
And then, and then, get, then you know, you're out of money, you're out of friends, you're out of hope. And, then, and it goes on to say, the, pretty much this guy hits rock bottom. That's, that's pretty low. It's low. He's done, he doesn't hit the bottom of the rocks. How in the world did I end up here? How did I end up getting into this tote? How did I end up getting where I'm at? How did this happen? And see, what the worst part of this was for the son, it wasn't the guilt. It wasn't the guilt. It wasn't the shame of the bad things he done. It wasn't the regrets. But it was the reality of how far from his father that he was. Some of you may can relate to this. And you realize that you're not as close to God as you once were. You realize that, that you're not having that relationship with God like you used to have. And maybe it's not something you did intentionally. Maybe it wasn't you rallying up and being a rebel to do these things. It didn't deliberately happen. You didn't plan on walking out on God. You weren't planning on just walking out the door and never coming back. But you slowly drifted away. See, <laughs> I'm about to bust some bubbles right now. Did you ever notice when COVID first took place? COVID first happened. That first week, I will remember COVID till the day I die. Why? Because two weeks after we started, we had to shut everything down. But the first little bit of COVID there, little bit, we got to shut the doors. It's a mandate. You can't have no more than 10 people here. We got to shut it down. Two weeks, we got to shut it down. And we applied. We, we followed the, the government's rulings and, and the restrictions, and we shut it down. And now people are freaking out. Not just here, but all across the world. Now we can't, now we can't go to church. That's crappy. That's stupid. Why can't I go to church? That's the one place where I feel hope. That's the one place that, that I know I can go to and I can get connected with people. And God can restore the brokenness in their heart. I can't go. And, and, and then what started taking for granted? Okay, well now, now they're doing live stream. I can't go to church. I can't go over there. I can't go to the physical building. Uh, that's, that's, that's okay. At least, at least I got the live streaming. And then what happened is, little by little, oh, I catch the replay later on. I know they're, I know they're going to save it to their Facebook and their YouTube and on their podcast. I can catch it later on. And they stop streaming. And then they eventually find out, well, I don't even go to church at all. I don't even step foot to even go. I don't even know what their Facebook says because I, I don't ever see it because I don't ever go on there. I stop serving. Then I, then I realize now, now I'm stopped praying. I stop seeking after God. Little by little, I stop serving. I stop praying. Now I stop reading my Bible. I didn't mean to. I didn't, I, I didn't mean for this to happen. I didn't walk out on God, but I slowly drifted away. I know people right now that followed those same steps. Oh, I'll get back to church after COVID. What kind of stupidness is that? See, but the rebellious kid, he hit rock bottom. He was living out with the pigs. 
And, then, and I, I'm going to give you guys a powerful message here in verse 17. Luke 15 and 17. And what you guys done line this or highlight it, write it down. When he came to his sense, came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hires, hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. Now, I want you guys to get this. He said, he came to his senses. It was a much better when I was with my father. He came to his senses. He realized that the mess he was in. He realized the mess that he had stepped into. He knew the problems he had. He realized in the real term world, he screwed up really bad. He messed up. He done bad things. He even remembered that he told his father that he wished he was dead. So he planned out his his apology speech. I know I've messed up. I'm a loser. I'm not worthy to be your son. Please just take me back and I, and I, and I can be like your hired helps. See, he had planned it out. He's planning it out. So Luke 15 and 20 here. He got up and went to his father. He got up. See, I want you guys to hear this. He got up and went to his father. He got up and he took that one step. He took that first step that he needed. Some people in here today are on our long line campus. Needs to know you need to step up and take that first step. If you let things, if you slowly drifted away, take the first step to go back to God. Hey, God, I know I messed up. I may have screwed up really bad, but God, forgive me. Take the first step today. Have you done things that you're ashamed of? I know I have. There's things I could tell you that would freak you out, but I'm not. But but that I'm ashamed of. I, I don't tell people the skeletons in my closet for a reason because I'm ashamed of some of the things that I've said and done in my life. Some people have hurt me. They've lied to me. And they've just done ungodly and horrible things to me and my family. Sometimes, even throughout my walk with Christ, I felt dirty. I felt unworthy. And I felt unlovable. And maybe you feel like that today, but get up and take that step to God. Take it to your Father. See, the journey towards to, to get healing and to have that is to begin with the forgiveness. To, to start the process of healing, you have to be known that that's where the forgiveness starts. And that's where the joy will come back. So start today and take that first step. See, the son had no idea how much his father truly loved him. Every day, his father's heart broke for his son. Because of that loss of that relationship. Luke 15 and 20. But while he, talking about the son here, was still a long ways off. His father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. Now, back in the day, back in this culture, back in this time, it tells us that, that men didn't run. They just didn't do that. Obviously, some of us still aren't running. <laughs> but he, he ran to him. He ran. He said, but the father loved his son. And he couldn't resist. He couldn't resist running towards him. He couldn't resist to get him close to him. He had to get to him. He couldn't wait.
See, I'm no longer sad. The man tells me, my son isn't dead. He's alive and he's at home. See, he didn't know where his son was. He just took off. He just jetted out of there. He didn't know where he was at. He could have been dead. And he was so happy just knowing that, that his son was still alive. So how do you experience joy with Jesus? You have to take the first step to the Father. Number two, if, if, if enjoy a relationship instead of just following rules. Remember when I told you guys that, that religious leaders are going to write rules, keep people out? But Jesus is going to cross lines and bring people in? By God, we're going to cross lines. We ain't going to write a bunch of rules for people to follow. But see, here, son number two, see, he didn't get angry. He didn't, he didn't get upset. He was the rule follower. He didn't get mad at his dad. He didn't get mad at they were rules. Kids ever get mad at your rules at home? Push them down. No, I'm just kidding. But see, there was no partying for him. Done what his son or his done what his dad asked. He followed the rules. If he needed to do the dishes, he did the dishes. He had to take out the trash, took out the trash. If he had to wash the donkey, he washed the donkey. He stood by his father's side. He didn't drift away from his father as well. He was there with him. He didn't drift. He was there. Now, I want you guys to see this. Remember, God wants a relationship with you. God wants a relationship with you. He don't want you used to be in the room with him. He just don't, he don't want you to come in and just say, Oh, I go to church. I sing the songs that they sing. I read my Bible while we're there, while the pastor's reading the scripture. If you don't, it's on the screen. I'm present there. But when you leave here, there's no relationship with God. There's no communication with God. You're just playing the part. I know who he is. I follow the rules. I come to church. They start, they start at 10 a.m. I come. I talk to people. I pay my tithes. Raise my hands if I feel comfortable doing it. Clap, feel comfortable. Stand, whatever. Pray. But when I leave here, when I leave here, I don't do none of that stuff. I don't even tell people about Jesus. People wouldn't even know I go to church if I didn't tell them. How are you living your life outside of here? Do people know that you are a churchgoer or not a churchgoer? Now, I ain't telling you you had to be this over, beyond, super duper, throwing Bibles, hitting people in the face with it type of person. But how do people categorize you outside of these four walls? Do people know that you have a relationship with Christ or not? Now, how do I treat people outside of here? People know, most, most people know that I'm pastor of church. And, and most people know that, that I'm just an overall well guy, but I don't shove the Bible down the third either. I'm going to treat you the same whether you go to church or you don't go to church. I'm gonna, I, that's just who I am. But people know, I know there's something different about you. I can't place it because, again, I don't throw the Bible down the throat. And, and, I've had, and I've had people come and tell me, there's something different about you. What is different about you? I don't know, man. I'm just me. And then they find out, oh, you're a pastor. Man, I'm so sorry for the things I've said around. I'm so, man, I'm like, dude, you're you. 
I mean, but I lived a bigger message by treating them as a human being than I ever did throwing the Bible down the throat. But I also lived out who I am. People know who I am by the way I am outside of these four walls. Now, I want to encourage you today, have that relationship. Because, see, this, this boy here was with his father. He was physically there. He was physically present there. But his heart was far from his father. Man, if it's possible, haven't left. But maybe you've drifted. Maybe you've drifted a little bit from church. Online campus, maybe you drifted just a little bit. See, the dad, he loved both of his sons here. He, he loved the rebellious son. And he also loved the one that, that you know, followed all the rules and, and he did everything that he said that he was going to do. Let's look at verse Luke 15, 13, 15, 31, and 32. He said, my son, the father said, you're always with me and everything I have is yours. But we have we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and he is alive again. He was lost and is found. So to experience joy, you have to take the first step. Have to take the first step towards Christ and embrace that relationship and embrace those things instead of following rules. And I'm going to close with this. Point number three, bring someone with you. Bring someone with you. Man, I, I love I love, love, love seeing new faces. I, and I want to encourage you guys, please, if you know somebody that they don't have a church or you have somebody that may be looking for a church, invite them to come. Pastor Michael, you just want people to grow. You just want your church to grow. Yes, I want my church to grow, but I want to reach people that need Christ. I want to reach people because guess what? The message that you're trying to do, the message that we're trying to bring is that we want to grow because I don't want nobody to go to hell. I don't want nobody not to have a relationship with Christ. I want people to experience the joy of God. Because the sadness part, the sadness here is the one boy had drifted off and didn't even know if his father still loved him or not. And I'm going to tell you, you may have drifted off, but God still loves you. God still loves you. That's the best part about this. You may have drifted, but today take the step. Take the step. And I want to encourage you to bring someone with you. Bring them in. Hey, what better way that we can do this? Easter Sunday is next Sunday. It's going to be an awesome day. We're going to have some cool things going on. But I'm going to tell you, what better way would it be to have somebody come with you that may not know Christ or, or may know Christ, but they've drifted away and they can come back to the Father? I think that would be an incredible Easter story. And I would love for you guys to help us to do that today. God tells us a story here showing about the Father's love. And just like the Father loves us when we drift away, you may have fallen, fallen far from God. I've walked away from God so many times, but guess what? Every time I've walked back, He's opened His arms and He embraced Him. He come running back to me. When He seen me coming, He embraced me and He wrapped His arms around me because He loved me that much. And He loves each one of you. So if you have drifted away or you've run away, God still loves you. And you may be here today and you may be on our online campus and say, Hey, you know what? I did go to church or I do go to church and, and I watch you online and, and, but, but I haven't had that true relationship today. I'm going to tell you that God still loves you and today all you have to do is make that first step. And I believe 
all my heart that God wants to wrap his loving arms around you. You know what? You might even make him cry when you come back to him. Guys, don't mind if you'll stand with me this morning. Let's pray today. Father God, I want to thank you so much. God, for everybody that's here, for your presence that has been in this place today, God. God, thank you for wrapping your loving arms around us. God, even when we don't deserve it. God, even when we have fallen short. God, when we've turned our back on you, God, you still have been there with us. And God, today, I encourage people to take that, that first step to come back to you if they don't know you, God. Or God, if they, they've been here and, and they've kind of just mingled around, God. God, and they didn't have that true relationship with you. God, that they would make that step to make that relationship back whole. And God, if somebody don't know you, let them know. All they have to do is say this simple prayer. Dear God, I'm a sinner. I know you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for me. Forgive me of my sins. God, help me not to drift away from you. Help me to build a relationship with you. God, when it gets hard, help me to stay focusing on the course. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us for the Medic Church Podcast. We want to remind you, if you need special prayer, you can go to www.medicchurch.com. Scroll down just a little bit. Hit the prayer request form. Our team is standing by ready to believe that God will meet and bless each and every need that is submitted. Don't forget to join us next week as we start a brand new series called Power. And it's going to be Easter Sunday as well as we celebrate the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. All right, we'll see you next week.